from the cozy HBP studio, you're listening to the 82nd episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast. HBP, I'm Dorian, and on today's podcast, we're celebrating half Halloween with Kenny Loggins, rock our boombox with the St. Louis Cardinals, help find Juan Soto in the Washington Nationals, a financial advisor, fly our private jet to Los Angeles for the All-Star Game, and the Milwaukee Brewers sign Thanos to a contract. But before we, f- we begin, I'm going to share this delicious beer that I have in my left hand right now, which is called Season of the Witch Ghost 1091, which is actually a wheat wine from a good American brewery called Adroit Theory Brewing Company in Percival, Virginia. Give me a moment to have a sip. Because I've been enjoying this wine since just before I started recording. I've never had a wheat wine, but it's actually pretty good. I don't even know how to describe it. There's a little bit of sourness, maybe. I don't know. Now, actually, which is spelled W-Y-T-C-H. That's with a Y, not with an I. Because W-I-T-C-H means someone who practices witchery or wizardry. Or just, I guess, celebrates Halloween. Halloween is a scary time, or is it? This made me think, some places celebrate half Christmas, or maybe I just made that up, but I do know that some people celebrate half birthdays, which they celebrate, what, six months before their actual birthday, and most people also celebrate divorces if you're going through a divorce. I'm not, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. (laughs) If there isn't a half Christmas, maybe I start a trend. Because normally, Christmas and baseball don't normally mix. Normally, Halloween and baseball is also not a traditional mix. Last year, the Houston Astros beat the Atlanta Braves in Game 5 of the World Series. That game fell on Halloween. But other than that, there's no real Halloween tradition of baseball. And speaking of Halloween, dressing up, people looking like wizards, I want to talk about Kenny Loggins and his 1979 album, Keep the Fire. The album cover of that is Kenny Loggins dressed like a Taoist priest in this like gold shimmer. Maybe Santeria, maybe Voodoo, whatever you want to call it. Maybe a monk. I have no idea. He, Look it up. Kenny Loggins, Keep the Fire. He has a perfect beard. And he's holding a glowing ball. He's almost like either, I don't think he's offering it to you. I think it's him showing you this glowing ball that he has, which maybe represents the awesome songs are, that are in the album, Keep the Fire. And I actually bought this album. Finally, I finally bought the vinyl to Kenny Loggins, Keep the Fire, in Chicago a few weeks ago. Who the hell is Kenny Loggins? Who the hell is Kenny Loggins? Well, I'm going to explain to you who Kenny Loggins is, my friend. Kenny Loggins sang the song Danger Zone for the 1986 film Top Gun. It was the theme of the song. That's all I'm going to say because you know what the theme song was to Top Gun with Tom Cruise that made him a super duper galactic star. And Kenny Loggins has multiple hits all through the 80s and the late 70s as well because he also wrote... In that album, Keep the Fire, he wrote one of my favorite songs of his. It's called This Is It, which was a big hit in 1979. He wrote that song for his father, who was dying of cancer. 
originally This Is It was a love song and he just couldn't make it work. And so at the same time, Kenny Loggins, I forget what his father was suffering, what type of cancer he was suffering from, but Loggins' father was in the hospital and he had given up. And this really pissed off Kenny Loggins, his son. And he was like, I'm going to change the song. This is your fight song. This is your song to stand up and do something. This is your moment. And it came from the heart as opposed to just some regular normal love ballad. And you know what? It worked. His father actually refound the will to live and he beat cancer. This is true, people. Look it up. Kenny Loggins. This is it. Father Cancer. It's a, it's an amazing story and it's an awesome song. I love it. But again, this is not a 1979 cancer podcast with amazing music. I'm going to finish up with this. Kenny Loggins also wrote the theme to the 1980 film Caddyshack. Really weird movie. I actually rewatched that movie last year. It was so badly written. It is terribly written. All of those screenwriters for Caddyshack were high on drugs. 100%. That film makes zero sense. It has all the best comedians of the day. Bill Maher, Chevy Chase, etc. Goofy Groundhog. But the film makes no sense. Go and watch it. 1980, Caddyshack. And Kenny Loggins also wrote the theme to the 1984 huge smash, Footloose, with Mr. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon about some weird town in Indiana, I guess, or Ohio that doesn't allow dancing. (laughs) I love the 80s. I love the 80s movies. I love 80s, 80s music. Almost everything about the 80s, but you know what? If we get, if we were to get into a time machine and go back to the 1980s, we wouldn't be able to follow each other on social media because it's not existent. Thankfully, we don't have that problem. We have a Twitter account, at HBP4040, and we also have an Instagram account, Hipster Baseball Podcast. Give us a follow or be very 1980s and block us. <laughs> but, by the way, the HBP bullpen just handed me a note. In the 1984 film Footloose, Kevin Costner, he's from the big city, he's from Chicago, and him and his family move to rural Texas, to a small town called Beaumont, Texas, where they outlawed dancing because, I don't know, dancing is the devil's plaything. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Let's leave things in the past. But I also want to live in the past. You know who's a really good team in the 1980s? The St. Louis Cardinals. Right now, in 2022, right now, The St. Louis Cardinals are two games behind the Milwaukee Brewers in the National League Central Division, but they also have the fourth best run differential in the National League at plus 61. At the same time, they're struggling because they're right in the middle of the pack when it comes to home runs, and we know how important hitting home runs is in today's baseball. They've hit 102 home runs, which is in 14th place. Not really great, not really bad, just your normal average team with normal power. Another good sign. They're not they don't this team doesn't strike out and that may be correlated with the lack of home runs they've hit because they've they have the eighth fewest strikeouts as a team in all of Major League Baseball. But then when they get on base they actually score. They have they've scored the sixth most runs in all of Major League Baseball. And you're asking yourself, why are you telling me about runs scored, strikeouts? home runs why are you using expected runs why don't you use something more sophisticated you jerk well back here on planet earth 
We have to see what's being done, not what could be done. Because I'm going to share with you, my expected wealth would have been about $10 million higher if I had invested $5,000 in Tesla back in 2010. But I didn't. And here I am doing a free podcast while sitting on an overturned bucket in a janitor's closet. Let's move on from our sophisticated metrics. And on the pitching side for the Cardinals, they haven't shut anyone out. Not in one game. In every game, they've given up at least one run. And the Cardinals are one of seven teams that have not shut anyone out all season. So this team's on the. It seems like this team's on the margin of making the playoffs because FanGraphs have the Cardinals' playoff odds at fifty-four percent. So right now they're fighting with the Philadelphia Phillies, the San Diego Padres, and the San Francisco Giants to get into the 2022 playoffs to potentially win another World Series because this Cardinals team is a historically great team. And I had, I've said this various times on the podcast, the St. Louis Cardinals are one of six teams that have a national following in no particular order. The New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, the Atlanta Braves, the Chicago Cubs, the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the Cardinals have won 11 World Series, which is second all-time behind the New York Yankees and their 27 World Series titles. I mean, they're just light years ahead. The Yankees are light years ahead of everyone else. And you know what about the Yankees? People say, oh, they won all those World Series when it was only all white people. They won it back in 1933 and 1927 when people were dancing the flap. Flapjack. <laughs> I, meant, I meant the Charleston or they were doing the Foxtrot and they were doing all that great Gatsby sort of stuff. But let's take an arbitrary year for the Yankees, like 1976. Since 1976, when we can genuinely say that black players, Hispanic players, and later Asian players were being integrated or had already been integrated into Major League Baseball, basically post only whites playing Major League Baseball. Since 1976, the Yankees have played, they've played in 11 World Series. The Cardinals have won 11 World Series in their entire history. And since 1976, which is living memory for some people, the Yankees have played in 11 World Series, which is phenomenal. But nevertheless, this isn't the Yankees podcast. This is a segment for the St. Louis Cardinals. And back in 1982, the St. Louis Cardinals won the World Series. And I'm sure that Kenny Loggins songs were blasting from someone's JVC RCM90 boombox in the locker room after they beat the Milwaukee Brewers four games to three. And I'm sure there was more Kenny Loggins songs played in the locker room when the Cardinals won the National League pennant and went to the World Series in 1985 and then again in 1987. Maybe it wasn't all Kenny Loggins because there's plenty of phenomenal 80s music to choose from and they were all blasted in the St. Louis Cardinals locker room. But using our time machine to come back to 2022, the Cardinals have good enough players that they're in contention to go to the playoffs again. First baseman Paul Goldschmidt, he has a 190 OPS plus. As I've been saying this now for weeks, everyone knows 100 is average. Paul Goldschmidt, he basically is double the average player. 190. He's already hit 22 home runs, and I think if he ha- if he didn't play first baseman, he'd probably be a front runner for the for for the most valuable player. I'm sorry, the the witch is hitting me. Oh Lord, she's gonna take my my soul. Another really good player for the Cardinals. Third baseman, Nolan Arenado. I mean, everyone knows he's an amazing player. He's been an amazing third baseman since he played with the Colorado Rockies. His OPS plus, 155. 
someone else who's not doing great this year, but who's historically great, and he has a couple of World Series rings, future Hall of Famer Albert Pujols, his OPS plus is 97, which is below average. And now he's on a somewhat retirement tour. I know that third baseman Manny Machado from the San Diego Padres, he was calling everyone out saying that why isn't Albert Pujols last season a big deal? And I think it's as great, and I mean generationally great player as Albert Pujols is, the only two big retirement tours that I remember in Major League Baseball were Derek Jeter's, I forget what year he retired, and Chipper Jones, Derek Jeter's shortstop from the New York Yankees, and the Atlanta Braves third baseman Chipper Jones. Those were huge retirement tours. Every city that they went, they would present either Jeter or Jones obviously they retired in different years, with all sorts of gifts. They would play montages on the video, on the video scoreboards, etc. To a certain degree as well, they did, they, they did do something like that, but a much smaller for the Yankees reliever Mariano Rivera. What I think what takes away from Albert Pujols' underappreciated retirement tour is because he's been so bad for so long. He went to the Los Angeles Angels. He, was, he had, I think, two good seasons of the eight years that he was there or whatever. And people kind of forgot about how monstrously, historically great Albert Pujols was for about 10 seasons with the St. Louis Cardinals. And it's a shame that our terrible memories don't allow us to celebrate Pujols like he should be and as Machado had called everybody out. But going from historical news to the Selfish News Network, the the SNN, I want to share with you Nolan Arenado, the third baseman, First baseman Paul Goldschmidt, two of their best players, and their catcher Austin Romain, who's been replacing Yadier Molina because Molina's been injured off and on. This week, the Cardinals have a two-game series up in Toronto in Canada against the Toronto Blue Jays. But Canada's a different country. Canada has very strict COVID-19 vaccine rules, which means you have to have been vaccinated within, I don't know, whatever. You can go look up on the Canadian government website. I don't know. The point is Canada said, if you're not vaccinated against COVID-19, you cannot enter the country. Lo and behold, Nolan Arenada, Paul Goldschmidt, and Austin Romain, 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 whatever, are not vaccinated, and therefore they're not going to play, and they will also not be paid for the two games they're going to miss in Toronto. Arenado's going to lose about $385,000, Goldschmidt isn't going to get paid about $242,000, and Romaine's going to lose about $11,000. My body, my choice. This is true. At the same time, in an interview two weeks ago, just before the All-Star break, Arenado told the St. Louis Dispatch, quote, I don't want to win the wild card anymore. Obviously, you get to the playoffs. It's great. If we get in, great. But you want to win the division. It's important to win the division. I've never won it. I would like to be a part of that, end quote. So that was a lie, complete and utter lie, because you cannot help this team if you don't play. And as I just mentioned, and as any listener can go online and see, Nolan Arenado is one of the best players for the St. Louis Cardinals. If you don't play, you cannot help this team win the division. You're two games behind the Brewers, and it's just nonsense talk about, I want to win the division. No one likes a hypocrite. Don't say those things and say, well, I'm not going to do it because it's my choice not to go get vaccinated. I'm not saying you can do whatever you want. I don't care. This isn't some political podcast. But don't say those dumb things because no one likes a hypocrite. Nobody. 
especially when you're one of the best players and the pitching staff is decimated by injuries and they just don't have depth. The Cardinals need to be scoring a boatload of runs every game. And it's hard for one unit to carry the other, for the pitchers to carry the batters every night, for the batters to carry the pitchers every night. Their, start, their left-handed starting pitcher, Steven Matz, he's on the 15-day injured list because he sprained his left, an- left ankle. He, Steven Matz sprained his left knee. You have Jack Flaherty, who was one of the best pitchers in all of baseball what, like two years ago. He's on the 60-day injured list because of shoulder issues. And that's a humongous deal if you're a pitcher. And also to heal my deal because Jack Flaherty was on my fantasy team. And I had to cut the guy because I can't be waiting around for him to come back sometime in September. Anyways, whatever. That's obviously I'm joking about that being important, being my my fantasy team being important. But Jack Flaherty is important to the St. Louis Cardinals, just like Steven Matz is important to the St. Louis Cardinals. Just like the ageless wonder Adam Wainwright is important to the St. Louis Cardinals. The way I see it, selfishness. And not enough quality pitching probably is going to sink the chances of the Cardinals to play in the 2022 World Series. Much, Yeah, the world definitely the World Series, much less the playoffs. I don't know how they're going to be able to fight off the Padres, the Phillies, the Giants, and anyone else who has a crazy late season surge. I wish the St. Louis Cardinals all the best, but they need targeted trade deadlines for pitching. At the same time, you should always be selfish in wanting to save money. And that's when this week's episode show sponsor comes in. Tokyo Shapiro. Come to Tokyo Shapiro. You'll find something for the whole family. Name brand state-of-the-art video and electronics for less. Like a JVC dual cassette tape with Dolby for only $97. Make the smart choice. Tokyo Shapiro. And you know what? I'm going to add this in even though this is not part of the copy. I think you can also get a retro JVC RCM90 boombox at Tokyo Shapiro because that's where the St. Louis Cardinals. It's very retro. It's very in demand and it's very cool. We all need money in this world because that's the system we live in. We need to be saving money. We need to be earning money. We need to be investing money. Ultimately, money needs to be working for us. That is the true key to unlock wealth. Money working for you, not you working for money. And that's what's on my mind this week of this week's segment. What's on the mind of moi, me, Juan Soto, the Dominican all-solar system hitter for the Washington Nationals? There was a home game that the Washington Nationals played against the Atlanta Braves back on Saturday, the 16th of July. On the 16th of July, the Nationals had one of those promo nights. It was Juan Solo bobblehead. Get it? Juan Solo, Star Wars. I'm not really a big Star Wars fan, but whatever. I get get the, the joke. But the really cool thing is that this wasn't just a normal bobblehead. It was... A bobblehead where the hips swivel or shake or shuffle, whatever. You know, because Juan Soto has that little, like, dance thing that he does when he goes up to the plate. And, my God, he's the best He's the best hitter in baseball. But check this out. You may have heard that earlier that Saturday morning, like, eight or ten hours before the game, it leaked that Juan Soto had declined a new contract offer from the Washington Nationals. A contract offer in the amount of 15 years, basically the rest of his career, Four, <laughs> 15 years, $440 million. Juan Soto said, gracias, pero no gracias. Thanks, but no thanks. Afterwards, he said, quote, 
it feels really uncomfortable. You don't know what to trust. But at the end of the day, it's out of my hands in what decisions they make, end quote. I respect Juan Soto's thing about saying, look, he doesn't want to come off as seen as being seen as greedy, but he also doesn't like the fact that all of all these details were leaked, not by, he's saying, not by his team, not by his uh, agent and managers and et cetera, but by the Washington Nationals. And that creates a lack of trust. And, oh, lack of trust in business relationships, romantic relationships, friendship relationships, et cetera, et cetera. It's going bad. And who knows who leaked it? But I do know, and you know, or you will know, that the Lerner family, who owns the Nationals, they will send that, sell that team. I've, got, I've talked about the Lerners in episodes 67 and also 77. Ted Lerner, Papa Ted, which is the, the, the patriarch of the Lerner family, he bought the club back in 2006 for $450 million, which is a ridiculous amount of money, even today, 16 years later. But check this out. In the spring of this year, I think it was back in April, the Lerner family hired the New York investment bank Allen & Company. I just took a drink. You have to give me a second. Allen & Company were one of the underwriters when Google went public. And again, remember expected runs? What about expected wealth? If you had invested $10,000, not forget about $10,000. If you had invested $1,000 in Google when they went public, how rich would you be today? Expected wealth. Again, nonsense. Advanced metrics. Allen and company also acted as it were hired as advisors to LinkedIn before they were sold to Microsoft. And 10 years ago, or 10 or 11 years ago, I think it was in 2010, 2011, the New York Mets hired the Allen and company to potentially sell a minority share of the club. What I'm telling you here is when a client hires Allen and company, you're serious. You're not just hiring them to kick the tires or whatever. You're going to go through with it. And again, the Lerner family hired Allen & Company back in April. Allen & Company is a very small shop in New York, but they do a good job for their clients. Earlier in the St. Louis Cardinals segment, nobody likes hypocrites. No one likes a hypocritical cousin. No one likes a hypocritical professor. No one likes a hypocritical neighbor, coworker. In 2018... Mark Lerner, who's now the CEO, and he's also the son of Ted Lerner, said, quote, we will never sell the Nationals. That's what we've worked to get all those years. We think we do a pretty good job of it. There's no intention of this family, certainly while I'm alive and my sisters and my brother-in-law, brothers-in-law are alive, nobody's going to sell this team, end quote. So that was a lie. Ultimately, the Nationals are probably going to sell for around $2.5 billion. This is a team that Ted, Ler Ted, Ted Lerner bought for, what is it, $420, $450 million? $450 million. And now the Lerner family is going to reap $2 billion of pure profit, baby. And don't worry about capital tax gains because the Lerners are going to have the absolute best tax advisors to Probably not just pay no taxes, but probably get taxes back from the government when they do end up selling the Nationals in the next, I would say, 12 to 18 months. Personally, I am not a Nationals fan. I don't like them. I don't hate them. They're just another team. and They're just a somewhat rival to the Atlanta Braves, or they used to be when they were actually good. I hope that David Rubenstein, 
buys the club. For those of you who don't know, and I know I've mentioned him one time at least on this podcast, David Rubenstein is is a billionaire because you have to be a billionaire to own any sports organization in North America and also in Europe with uh, football clubs, soccer. David Rubenstein is a co-founder of the Carlisle Group, which is a private equity firm in Washington, D.C. And David Rubenstein lives just outside of D.C. I think he lives in Bethesda. But anyways, he's from Baltimore, but he lives basically in the Washington, D.C. area. And the the massive guerrilla private equity firm, Carlisle Group, is based in Washington, D.C. But let's get back to Juan Soto. Juan Soto, the best hitter in the solar system. He has a career in his career, he has an OPS plus of 160. And at the All-Star Game in Los Angeles, it, during, an interview, during an interview, he said, quote, I try to keep my stuff private and not to try to throw stuff out there. It feels really bad. But at the end of the day, we just have to keep playing. It doesn't matter what's happening, end quote. Put yourself in Juan Soto's amazing shuffle shoes, cleats. Three years ago, the Washington Nationals went on a It really was an improbable run to win the World Series in 2019. They knocked off, they upset, they didn't knock off, they upset the Los Angeles Dodgers in the National League Division division Series. Then I think they swept the St. Louis Cardinals in the National League Championship Series. And then they also upset the Houston Astros in the World Series. Since then, it's been all downhill. Trey Turner was traded away. Max Scherzer was traded away. Anthony Rendon, the third baseman, wasn't signed. He's now with Los Angeles Angels, and he's out for the whole year for, I forget what it was, his elbow, his knee. I don't know. I don't remember right now because the witch, the witch is in me. Halloween. Right now, the Washington Nationals are in last place in the National League East Division, 27 and a half games behind the New York Mets. They have the worst run differential in all the Major League Baseball. Basically, they've been outscored by a total of 163 runs. And it's not even close. It's not even close. I think the second closest team with a negative differential, I think, is like 101. That may be the Pirates. So if you're Juan Soto, you're the best hitter in the solar system, much less Major League Baseball. You're, third, you're not making the playoffs this year, not making the playoffs next year. And I'm not going to share with you all the terrible stats that the Washington Nationals have this season. Is there even hope for the future? No. Earlier in July, well, like two or three weeks ago, Fangraphs ranked the Nationals' farm system 24th out of 30 teams, which basically means all the young players that the Washington Nationals have in A-ball, double-A, triple-A, there are no, there are very, very few potential Major League caliber players down there. There is no help coming from the farm. There is no help coming from some 19-year-old kid, from some 21-year-old kid, nothing. Again, you're Juan Soto, one of the best players in baseball. You've already won multiple batting av- batting titles. You have a World Series ring. Someone's going to pay you a crazy amount of money. You're only 23 years old. Do you really want to stay with this organization? The Lerner family have turned out to be liars and say, we're not going to sell it. Four years later, they're like, we're, we're selling it. It leaks that you declined a massive contract. The Nationals have no help coming. The Nationals are not going to sign anyone. They're not going to trade for anyone. They have no pitching, no hitting outside of you and Josh Bell, who's had a breakout year. Wouldn't you want to go to someone else, someone somewhere else, where you have the ability to go to the playoffs every single year and potentially win more World Series? 
you're 23 years old. Anyone is going to pay you 400, 500 million dollars. What would you do? And for my next segment, I want to stay on Juan Soto. Here's a segment I haven't used in a long time. Grow a beard and go into hiding. To the Washington Nationals and the Oakland Athletics owners. Juan Soto and the Oakland Athletics pitcher Paul Blackburn, they both had to take a commercial flight. Clutch your pearls. They had to take a commercial flight and and fly with a proletariat <laughs> because their teams didn't charter a private jet for them to the, go to the All-Star game in Los Angeles. So Soto took a commercial flight from Atlanta to L.A. like us normal people. I think these players, obviously being scattered all through the all through the country, and they have to go to the All-Star game. They have to. I mean, it's, they're obviously one of the best players in the game if you're chosen to be the All-Star game. Obviously, Juan Soto is. And so he was selected to go to the All-Star game. And they played a series in Atlanta. So he had to go directly from Atlanta to Los Angeles. The learners, let's be real here, they said, hell no, we're not hiring a private jet for Juan Soto, who's only your best player and a generational talent. (laughs) And so this is what they did. They being the Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals then turned around and asked the Atlanta Braves, who they had just finished a series, and said, Hey, could Juan Soto and our manager, Dave Martinez, who was part of the all-star managers for the National League, could they maybe, you know, catch a ride with you guys to go out to L.A.? And the the Atlanta Braves said, no, I'm sorry, we'll fool. We we don't have any room for you guys. (laughs) They literally, the Atlanta Braves literally told the Washington Nationals, no, we don't have any space in our private jet for you. (laughs) Oh, the lives of the crazy wealthy. <laughs> and Soto's agent, the very famous, very combative, and also very quote worthy Scott Boris, he said, quote, The Atlanta Braves arrived in Los Angeles five hours earlier than Juan Soto did. You know why? Because their team chartered a plane. Juan Soto had to fly on a commercial flight and wait in an airport for two hours and get here at 1.30 in the morning and have to compete in the home run derby. And that's something that Major League Baseball did not take care of. And that's something that the Washington Nationals did not take care of. End quote. For those of you who don't know, Juan Soto competed, as Scott Boris said, in the Home Run Derby. He ended up winning the Home Run Derby on this lack of sleep. I mean, can you imagine getting to L.A. at 1.30 in the morning on Pacific, Pacific Standard Time, coming from Eastern Standard Time, and then having to play, or not play, but just do a physical activity 12 hours later? The point is, there are a few angles to look at this situation of having to apply commercials. First off, Scott Boris himself could have hired a private jet for one of his best clients. Scott Boris could have hired a private jet for a client that's going to get a half a billion dollar contract. Do you know the, the, do you know the commission that Scott Boris is going to make on that contract? About $50 million. Ballpark. $50 million commission on that. And Scott Boris, you couldn't say, hey, I knew that the Washington Nationals weren't going to do it. Let me send my own private jet to pick up Juan Soto, the greatest hitter in all of baseball in the solar system. Maybe even the universe first, 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 first. Shame on you, Scott Boris. And shame on you, Mark Lerner. Juan Soto's not a happy man. He's not a happy man. He said at the All-Star game, he said, quote, A couple of weeks ago, they were saying that they will never trade me. And now all these things came out. It's really uncomfortable. You don't know what to trust. End quote. 
This was the same issue with the Oakland Athletics' Paul Blackburn. Paul Blackburn was the only all-star player for the Athletics, and the Athletics refused to charter a private jet for Paul Blackburn. And by the Athletics, I specifically mean John J. Fisher, who's worked hard. Look, John J. Fisher owns the Oakland Athletics, and he's worked hard to where he is in life. Because when he was an embryo, he decided, I don't want to be born poor. He decided, as an embryo, that he was going to be born to the founders of the Gap. That's right, the Gap. You may be even wearing something from the Gap right now. When I mean by the Gap, I mean the Gap. Banana Republic, Old Navy. John J. Fisher's parents founded the Gap. And so don't disparage the good name of John J. Fisher, who worked hard to be born on third base, okay? (laughs) And you know John J. Fisher has his own private jet. He wasn't going to be borrowing it, saying, hey, go pick up, hey, my pilot, go pick up Paul Blackburn. Let's do a classy act, and he's our only representative. Let's treat him well. No, he's like, John J. Fisher was like, no, man, I got to go do better stuff in the Caribbean. I got to go do fly fishing in the Fiji Islands, whatever. I don't know. I I don't know what he was doing, but I know he wasn't taking care of Paul Blackburn. (laughs) And if the owner, the owner slash the boss of an organization doesn't take care of their best employee, (laughs) how do you? How do you think the rest of the employees are being treated? <laughs> oh, John J. Fisher. I'm so glad that you were born rich because you would be... People actually put up with people like that because they have money. But if they don't, people will tell you to go do things to your face. And so this is what happened. The Oakland Athletics were in Houston before the All-Star game, the All-Star break, playing the Houston Astros. And the Oakland, unlike the Washington Nationals, who had, I don't even call it decency, I guess they had the shamefully asking the Atlanta Braves if they could hitch a ride with them. The Oakland Athletics didn't even do that with the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros heard (laughs) that Paul Blackburn was going to have to fly commercial to the the All-Star Game in Los Angeles from Houston. And they were like, hey, you know what? Hop on our private jet. We're heading there anyways. (laughs) Because the, the Astros had already hired a private, they chartered a private jet for five of their players going to the All-Star Game. So they're like, come on, just get on board. Bring your stinky cleats and your stinky jockstrap. After after this actually happened, Blackburn, in an interview, he said, quote, It was fun. I felt like they made me feel very welcomed and comfortable. We had some good conversations, some good laughs. It was fun. It was a good time, end quote. A private jet emits as much carbon dioxide in one hour as the average person emits in one year. You capitalist pig! All right, calm down. But that is a valid question. Who cares how these players get to the All-Star game or get to the next town or the next city? For us normal people, we're sitting in seat 32F, okay, all the way in the back of the plane, stuck in between two people, hopefully may not be pleasant, but everyone keeps to themselves. And in two and a half, four hours, you get to where you need to go. I'm going to venture... I'm just going to venture. I have absolutely zero background information on this, but I'm going to venture that the Oakland Athletics put Paul Blackburn in business class, maybe even first class, to go from Houston to L.A. I'm going to venture that Mark Lerner and the Washington Nationals put Juan Soto in business class or in first class from Atlanta to L.A., which is a brutal flight. flight. That's like five, five and a half hours. Juan Soto and Paul Blackburn weren't going to be flying in C-32F in group number 
17, okay, being boarded. <laughs> so why in the world was this kind of a big deal? Like, oh, my, everyone was like clutching their pearls. Like, can you believe a professional baseball player had to fly commercial? Oh, that's awful. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I, Yeah, Juan Soto had to get to LA at 1.30 in the morning. You know what? I've done it before. <laughs> I felt more bad about a friend having to pick me up at one in the morning when I get to LA, not that that I had to sit in row 14 and be boarding group 27. But at the same time, it's these are small things that we do because sports teams have chartered commercial flights, which obviously emit much less carbon dioxide. And yes, we know we now we've now learned that private jets are five to fifteen times more polluting than normal commercial planes. And if you fly a private jet, you're polluting 50 times more than a high-speed rail. And as we learned in last week's episode, you know how much I love Amtrak because you can drink beer, you can drink champagne, all while on, on the train. And I mean, again, if you're on the train in the United States and even in Europe, and I don't know about Asia though, I have taken the train in Asia, but I don't remember. You can bring your own booze on the train in North America. I don't want to say North America, I don't know about Canada. In the United States, bring your beer, your champagne, your delicious aged rum. You can drink it right there. It's fine. But on the airplane, when I went to Chicago, there was some, I took like some 8 or 7 a.m. flight and there was some lady ordering a drink. And I don't want to just pick on this one lady because there's a variety of them, but she was she was within my eye shot and I saw other people as well. Why are you drinking at 8 a.m.? By the way, I love drinking. As you see, I basically finished my beer here. <laughs> Why do you need to be drinking at 8 a.m.? Anyways, the point is, do we really need to be clutching our pearls that baseball players have to fly business in first class to the All-Star game? For me, it's a it's a courtesy thing. You're one of the best players in our organization, or in the place of Paul Blackburn, you're the best player in our organization because you're an All-Star, and we're a really crappy team being headed by John J. Fisher. I hope he sells the Oakland Athletics first. They're probably going to be moved to Las Vegas before that happens. And it's a reward. It's like, you know what? You did a good job. We're going to reward you this one time. It's not like... Juan Soto has to be flying private jet everywhere. He's not like Drake. <laughs> He's not the Kardashians who who are taking like three and 14 minute flights all over North America. Freaking bastards. So as you know, my the, the new slogan of this podcast is drink champagne, drink beer, take the train. <laughs> and you know, we can also drink in some movie theaters as we pay $27 for a ridiculous beer or $18 for a half a glass of wine because that gets into our last segment styling and profiling with Ric Flair fashion and sports because I'm talking about the Milwaukee Brewers Thanos Thanos themed home run infinity gauntlet for those of you who know nothing about Marvel that means just gibberish I just said Milwaukee Brewers blah, 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 blah. and I'm really not into that Marvel stuff either but there's Marvel stuff, there's DC stuff, they're like rivalries in the cinematic world, the comic books, whatever. But back to baseball. After a home run, the Brewers put on this gold massive glove with a bunch of fake diamonds. Or maybe they're not fake because these are baseball players and they're very, very rich. And then they ring a bell. And the the gold glove with all the diamonds are supposed to represent Thanos' diamonds of fingers of fate i don't freaking know looking for infinity stones this is actually culmination of two ideas because first 
the first base coach, Quentin Berry, had an idea for a belt. He's like, I'm going to put a belt in the dugout. And for a player to have the right to ring this bell, they have to make a good baseball move or a play, whatever. And Quentin Berry calls it the happy hour, the bell. Like, da, 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 it's happy hour now. It's now five. Happy hours, Monday through Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m. Happy hour in the dugout. So first, it was just Brewers players ringing the bell. Then the Brewers outfielder, Andrew McCutcheon, he said, let's take this a step further. I'm going to introduce the gauntlet. In an interview, Andrew McCutcheon said, quote, basically, I was like, you know what would be funny? If we got some like huge hand or something every time we would line out, we'd be like, hey, way to swing it. We're all laughing about it, but you need that in those moments because you're so mad, especially if you're struggling. That's why we have the hand. I need that personally because I tend to sometimes get a little too frustrated when I line out. So if I turn to my right hand and I see somebody with a Thanos hand, how can I not laugh at that? End quote. I'm going to agree with Andrew McCutcheon because that sounds like a lot better than having a stress ball at your desk, (laughs) which never works. Why is it that when you go to these conventions or wherever, recruiting events or whoever, they always give you stress balls? Like, don't give me a stress ball. I don't need this stuff. This is nonsense. And I think the gauntlet has helped the Milwaukee Brewers because right now they're in first place in the National League Central Division, two games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals, who we talked about a few minutes ago. The National League Central Division is going to, is a two-horse race. It's either the Cardinals or the Brewers are going to win it. The Cardinals, I had said earlier, I don't like their pitching at all. But on the flip side, for the Milwaukee Brewers, I love their pitching. Not so much their bullpen. Their starting pitching is the best. I don't like the lineup. It doesn't inspire any confidence in me at all. When you look at the lineup of the, of the 2022 Milwaukee Brewers, it looks exactly like the 2021 Milwaukee Brewers lineup. This, that's the same lineup that scored a grand total of four runs. No, no, no. The Brewers scored a grand total of six runs over four games against the Atlanta Braves in the 2021 National League Division Championship. National League Division Series, excuse me. Again, the witch, the witch is inside me, and I got to wrap this up sooner. If not, she's going to take my soul that's not a good lineup. You can't go into the playoffs and in one series score six runs and expect to advance. And the Brewers didn't. The Atlanta Braves knocked them out. And as I, if only the Brewers would get maybe two more bats, holy schmoly, they would take down the Mets, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Padres, because that starting pitching of the, of the Milwaukee Brewers, in my humble opinion, is the best in all of baseball. I don't care what the numbers say about the New York Yankees or the advanced metrics or what how good the Atlanta Braves pitching staff is. Milwaukee Brewers pitching staff, starting pitchers, best in baseball. If they only had bats, just pencil the pencil them in for the World Series to just represent the National League. But they don't have it. Who knows what they're going to? Tra- who knows if they can pull off a good trade to get more bats? And the sad thing is, like you look at the names of that lineup, you have two at least two former MVPs. Andrew McCutcheon with the Pittsburgh Pirates when he was with the Pirates, and Christian Yelich. McCutcheon has been super inconsistent. In June, in the month of June, he hit 315, his average. He had four home runs, 15 RBIs, whatever. These are very old metrics. I don't care. But in May and July, thumbs down. And Christian Yelich, the less we say about him, the best. The guy who was an absolute monster three, four years ago, 
and now he's barely an average player. I don't know. I remember last year he had an injury. I forget what it was, what he was injured with, but the names are there, but the production isn't. And there's rumors that the Milwaukee Brewers want to trade for the Kansas City Royals' Andrew Benatendi, who's a right fielder, who would help that outfield out. Great OPS+, plus, but he's not vaccinated. So that limits where the Kansas City Royals can trade Andrew Benintendi because he, speaking of the the Cardinals players that aren't going to play in Toronto in the next two days, Andrew Benintendi couldn't play against the Toronto Blue Jays. I think it was in a three or four game series before the All-Star break. And so an American League team is not going to want to trade for Andrew Benintendi knowing that he's not going to be available for any potential playoff match in Toronto. Again, selfishness is going to beat out a playoff spot. What's more important? Don't give me that nonsense of, I'll do anything for the team. I'll do anything to win. If you guys remember that ESPN 30 for 30 documentary with the Detroit Pistons, the bad boys. Do you remember that interview? I forget who it was. It was some forward. He said, I'll give my firstborn son for an NBA championship. (laughs) Look it up. It's true. I don't remember his name. But it was like, it's like, wow, like you're, I don't totally believe what you're saying, but I totally believe that you're absolutely committed in a slightly insane way to win an NBA title. I don't want to hear Andrew Benetani. I don't want to hear Nolan Arenado saying, we got, we'll do anything in the playoffs. We'll do anything to win the World Series because you aren't willing to do it all. Because the Milwaukee Brewers wouldn't have to play, theoretically, the Toronto Blue Jays have to play in Canada until the World Series, which would be a good problem to have. The Milwaukee Brewers want to bring in Andrew Benatendi. We'll see where Benatendi actually be is traded to. And the most important question of this podcast is, what's your favorite Marvel movie? I was going to say, as I said, I'm not a DC person. I'm not a Marvel comics person or whatever the heck it's called. I was going to say the 2016 film Deadpool, but I looked this up and apparently tw- apparently Deadpool is not a Marvel movie. Why? I don't know. I don't care. All I know is that it's not a Marvel movie. Okay, so I'm going to go with the three Marvel movies I've actually seen. The original Iron Man, or the first one, or whatever they call it, Iron Man 3, and then Black Panther. Those are the hard-hitting questions I asked here on HBP. And just like Marvel is a worldwide entity, so is this podcast. I always want to thank our loyal listeners every week. And I also want to welcome new listeners. And we have a new listener from Morelia, Mexico. I've never been to Morelia, Mexico. But I'm sure it's a beautiful place. And bienvenidos, amigo. Or amiga. I don't know if you're... I don't know how you identify. Let's keep it at that. We don't want to upset certain people. But for everyone, I want to thank you for listening when we talk about baseball, drinks, playing beach volleyball in jean shorts, and everything else under the sun. Subscribe to the podcast all for the low, low price of free on Apple, Google, SoundCloud, or Spotify. My drink is in the episode description, and it's also the picture of the, of the drink will also be on the social media account accounts. Let's get together next week for a brand new episode of HVP, Hipster Baseball Podcast. Bye.